I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So hello and welcome to this latest Career Insight episode and really excited to share this conversation with you because this one is about diversity and inclusion, something we here at Amplify care a lot about and in particular me as an individual, something I am super motivated and passionate about. And so in this episode, I'm joined by Tanya Tracy and she is the acting CEO of a charity called Girls Are Investors. Uh, and as the title suggests, she's looking to target specifically young women in the age of schools, colleges, and universities to address the distinct lack of diversity in the investment management industry. And let me just throw a few stats at you. This one comes out of Morningstar. Only 12% of all fund managers in the UK are women. In fact, take that one step further, there are more funds run by men called Dave than there are actual run by women. And women make up only circa 20% of all applicants for graduate level investment roles, investment management. So there's a distinct imbalance there. But why and how do we fix that? And this is exactly why the GAIN charity exists. So Tanya, uh, I've just met during this podcast and she's a pretty incredible woman. Her resume really speaks for itself. Um, She was a non-really finance major student, but she went on to spend a good 12 years at JP Morgan in investment banking. She also worked at Nomura and also the CFA Institute. So yeah, really excited to share this conversation. Uh, I hope you get a lot out of it. And remember to check the show notes for the appropriate links that we talk about as well. Okay, enjoy. Okay, hello and welcome to this session where I am joined by Tanya Tracy, who's the CEO of GAIN, Girls Are Investors, and really excited to talk to Tanya because we're going to talk about girls in finance and and more broadly than that, the much bigger topic about gender equality and and what is it, this fantastic uh, initiative that Tanya's in charge of and what she does and opportunities on the back of that. 
Um, Tanya herself worked at JP Morgan for over 12 years. She also worked at Nomura, the CFA, before being involved now uh, with Gaines. So she's done some tremendous things, but really thankful to have uh, some time with her to ask her a bit about her background first. So if we can kick it off there, but Tanya, pleasure to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me, Anthony. It's great to be here. Yeah, so your, your, your background then, I, I just said to you offline, I was just looking for spying on your, your LinkedIn and I was like, wow, what an incredible resume. And uh, maybe you could take me back to, even before your professional working life, what was your childhood? Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Did you have an idea about your career? Because, you know, you spent a long time at JP, Nomura and so on. So mm. where did it start for you? Um, yeah, so I grew up in Oxfordshire, went to school in Oxford, and um, I was not a mathsy, sciencey person at all. So finance was never really on my radar. Um, I was, I did A levels in English, history, and German. Uh, I was very much on the art side, and I went on to study German at UCL. Um, and really, the first inkling I had that finance was where I wanted to be was when I was in sixth form and I did an insight day, an insight into the city day, and we trooped up, it was about 20 of us, and had a tour around the city. And at that time, we uh, went into life, like we you know, had the trading center, and, and the whole thing just blew me away. The sort of the buzz of it was, I thought, this is where I want to be. But I thought, how on earth am I going to get here? Because I'm not doing anything related to finance. Anyway, so um, I finished university and then got um, sort of, I didn't go through the graduate program or anything like that, but I managed to sort of a few months after I graduated, sort of get in by the back door, if you like, and I got in a desk assistant position on the syndicate desk in the equities department. So I was in global markets and, um, and from there, and I was literally running roadshows. So when you do an initial public offering or you do a secondary offering, the company um, goes round and meets all the investors around the world. And that is what I organized. And I often accompanied the companies as well, um, sat in on their investor meetings and did everything. So it was a lovely first job and it led on to other things. And I sort of moved into investor relations advisory and then corporate broking. Um, and yes, I was there for quite a long time. And I had three children while I was there. And then after my third, I decided that I needed to stop for a bit because I had three children under five and I was frankly exhausted. Um, so I did. I stopped for a bit and then had a few years off and then I came back and I started working at Nomura, um, so Japanese bank this time, um, and doing a very similar thing. And then I was there until they closed their European equities business and decided to focus on the Japanese and Asian side. Um, and yes, and then I went to the CFA, but I got very interested in diversity inclusion, I guess because of my personal experience as a woman in a very male-dominated environment. Um, but also um, I was developing an interest in it because I had two daughters and they were coming up at that point to teenage years. And I was seeing some of the challenges that they were facing. And you know, a lot of the careers, experiences they were getting were quite that there was a lot of push into STEM, but there wasn't much push into finance. So there was very much focus on engineering and science, but not on the massive finance side. So when the gain opportunity came about, 
then it really ticked a number of boxes for me. And I thought, this is this is what I want to do. So, um, so yes, again, it had been set up for um, we, three years ago. And so I came on board two and a half years ago to run the charity on a day-to-day basis. So it was set up by women in the industry. Um, and so, yeah, who are all still on the trustee board and incredibly supportive. Yeah, amazing to hear um, the life floor is what, kind of sparked it to life for you because I, I, I remember when I mean I'd started in the city in 2006 and there were some some of the old traders from the floor were still around in the transition onto screens but they were some lively characters to put yeah. it mildly <laughs> and then you I mean it looks you work through like the what the IPO boom in the late 90s and yeah. the popcorn mirror and, and IB so um what was that experience like then? But presumably it was almost entirely male at that point in time. Would that be right? Yeah, it was very male. Um, and it, the, I was sitting on the trading floor and it was very noisy. You know, at that point, people didn't call each other. They would literally stand up and yell. And I remember the first few weeks, months of being there, being utterly terrified most of the time and, you know, having to make a decision quite early on. You're either going to have to toughen up a bit or you're not going to make it sort of thing. And so I decided to keep trying with it. And, but it was a very reward. It was a growing business. So JP Morgan at the time, extras was pretty small and it really grew, grew, grew. And now it's the enormous you know, department that it is. And um, you're right. I was there in the mid nineties and it was dot-com boom. And, you know, I was traveling around the world with these incredibly exciting organizations and uh, meeting some fascinating people. I mean, that's the beauty of, that industry is that you are surrounded by incredibly interesting, incredibly bright people. Um, and, you know, there is a buzz. There was a real buzz and it was great fun. Mm. Do, do you, did you feel, or do you feel as a, as a woman in that environment that you need to do, like rightly or wrongly, that you need to do more than your male counterpart of a similar level or within the same team, for example? Does that exist? I think there is an element of you having to prove yourself. Um, but, you know, in that environment, everybody works hard. You know, everybody is expected to work hard and put in the hours. Um, and you all do because, frankly, everybody's doing it around you. It's not like every, you know, people are working at different speeds or anything. So um, it's very pressured. There's a lot of shouting. You know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, but it is incredibly buzzy and it was, I think it's settled down a lot now. It wasn't quite what it is then, but it was then. But yeah, it was, it was great fun and it was good. I think the time where things change is when you get married and you have children, start having children. Right. And then, you know, responsibilities lie elsewhere and having to put in the hours that you did have to put in became more problematic. And, you know, I would often be traveling at the drop of a hat, you know, they would say, right, you're going to Geneva this afternoon. You, you simply can't do that when you've got children and you've got other responsibilities. So mm. it was fantastic early on, but it became more and more difficult when you had other responsibilities. So, so, the, so the solution in that scenario would be to pivot in your career to a different division within a bank? Or is it, is it, are we expecting too much for the bank to just change? Like you said, you're basically working for a client. And if they need something, you have to deliver that. Yeah. And if there's that balancing act where you can't be at these places at a drop of a hat anymore, is it a case of then of just changing role? Is that right? Yeah, that I mean, 
you know, when I think back at with hindsight, that's mm. probably what I should have done. But I was, I guess I really enjoyed what I did and I was trying right. desperately to keep it going. And I think they were also trying to help me do that. And they, mm. I went down to four days a week and I think right. I was the first person on the, on the floor to be able to do that at that point that was really unusual I had a fantastically supportive boss but what it actually had affected me and this was sort of new for everybody at the time but what it actually meant was you did five days in four and so it became <laughs> even more pressured <laughs> but you know you it hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it um yeah. I think yes I could have moved internally but at the end I just carried on and there was movement you know we got moved into ECM and things like that so mm. things were changing anyway. Mm. So, so you mentioned there um, two kind of teenage daughters and, and obviously now in your role you, you interact with uh, young women all of the time mm -hmm. is there is there any kind of reoccurring theme in those interactions you have with the sort of 15 to 21 year olds female demographic? <laughs> Like yes. in terms of reservations that they might have in terms of a lot of the, the female students I work with in our programs, um, I would say the issue of kind of imposter syndrome or lack of confidence, it seems more apparent often in women than men. Is that a, is that a, a true yeah. or consistent thing that you see as well? I think that's right. Um and, you know, there is that stat about young women not applying for a job unless they meet a minimum of 95% of the criteria, right. whereas if men see a job advert, as long as they meet 50%, they think, great, I've got a fantastic chance. So there is a slightly different approach. Um, what we notice, uh, what we've noticed with GAIN is very much that the female role model piece is so important because if young women can't see women in finance and relate to them, they... Like how can they see themselves in that career? So we sort of say, if you can't see her, you can't be her. Um, it's so crucial that being able to see women working in the industry and then being able to tell their journey and how they got there and the experiences they're having. Um, finance can seem quite a scary sector to a lot of young people. And really a lot about what we do again with our events that we put on and sort of our panel sessions online and things is sort of about humanizing it a bit and having a sort of series of women speaking about how they got into the industry, what they found their challenges, what the great things are about their jobs. But they are human and they're very normal and they're really nice people. And I think that comes across in a lot of these events. And it starts to students to start realizing actually I can relate to that and I can see myself being there now. So, um, it, yeah, that, that whole sort of area is difficult. I mean, the other thing is students all think they have to be studying maths or finance in order to get in, and that's simply not the case. So just to give you um, some idea in terms of the applicants for our programs, about half are doing maths, finance, economics, a good quarter are doing arts sub subjects and a good quarter are doing sort of more science or engineering subjects. So there is a real spread and companies are really looking for that diversity of background as well. They're not, not just looking for the straight mass economics students all the time. And you, your summer program that you do, like a summer internship mm. um, applications, I think are, are that, is open now. Is that right? It's open now. Yes. So do apply if you're interested. So essentially what it is, 
it's an internship program, a summer internship program, and it's open to penultimate and final year undergrads and master's MBA students and recent graduates. Um, and we have for next year, so we're recruiting now for next summer, um, and we have 225 odd places available to, um, to go. So we've got over 120 firms participating. Um, so yes, you apply to the program as a whole, and then you get allocated out to a firm. Um, and then it, the application process and the assessment happens in November, and then decisions are made and offers are made in December. So you sort of know before Christmas whether you've got a place. Um, and then we have a, a quite extensive training program that we put all the successful interns on, and that covers everything, you know, all the Excel, the financial modeling, cash flow analysis, all of that stuff is covered, and a whole load of soft skills things as well. Um, and then we have you, we allocate you to a mentor, so somebody from our network. So we have a network now of over a thousand um, volunteers. So these are all industry investment professionals, um, and they mentor you for that three month period. So before your internship, and then during your internship as well as a sort of extra support, if you like, um, somebody to ask questions of if you don't want to go to your the company that you're interning with. Yeah, it's amazing because you said about at the beginning of the conversation mentors. But a question I always get from students is like, how do, how do I acquire a mentor? Seems very yeah. difficult, but it seems like you've got this network already. Um, yeah, to, we have this have. amazing network. So we basically allocate mentors to all of our programs. So there's the internship program, which is sort of the big flagship program. Before that, we do an insight program, and that's for first year undergraduates. And that's a 12 week program, which is sort of an introduction to investment. You learn how to do a stock pitch. We have a little virtual portfolio investment competition um, and it culminates in like insight days with firms um, over the Easter break and you get allocated a mentor. And then we also have an ambassador program. So um, students at university can apply to be ambassadors um, for the academic year and they have all sorts of other things going on. But one of the other parts is that they get allocated a mentor as well for that for that period. So, yeah, mentoring is really, really important. And it's not just women who mentor. We also have a lot of men signed up in our network as well, and they do mentor. Um, but it, it's really valuable to get that um, understanding of the industry or different aspects of the industry. So we literally cover everything from private equity, venture capital, through to hedge funds, asset managers, allocators, right through to wealth management. So there's lots of different areas. So depending on what you're interested on, interested in, sorry, then you'll get allocated a mentor according to that. Mm. Look, that sounds sounds amazing. And um, what I'll do is, uh, anyone who's listening to this, I'm going to put some links in the show notes. So if you want to click through to find some more information about any of what's just been described by Tanya, you can just go there. But Tanya, one thing to kind of wrap up that I always ask people in conversations that I have is, if you could think back to a particular challenging point in your career, so it could have been right at the beginning, could have been later on, and you could go back your current self to yourself in that moment what would be like a word of advice you would give oh gosh um <laughs> i guess the advice i would give would be to take control of my career a bit better so i and i suspect i'm not the only one um i think it's quite sort of a lot of women tend to do this is you're at school, you think I work hard, do a good job, you know, I just get rewarded and it'll all just flow. And, you know, I'll just move on from the next stage, to the next stage, to the next stage. Mm. But actually, 
you do have to structure you know, think about what it is that you really want and maneuver your way through to that point because nobody else is going to do it for you um so you, you have to really think hard about what it is that you're good at what it is that you like and where you want to end up being and think about moving your career in that direction and networking with people in the direction that you want to go in because if you leave it up to everybody else mm-hmm then it's never going to end up being in the end the way you want to go. So it's it's really important to think hard about the, your career trajectory and, and and how you're going to get there. Oh, fantastic advice. And um, is it okay if I was to put your LinkedIn as well on the please show? Please do. Yeah, no, please reach out, <laughs> connect, um, and you know, very happy to connect with anybody on this topic, yeah. Cool. All right. And I, and I know for sure we've had many of the, the Amplify alumni who've, who've been ambassadors and worked very closely with Gain. They've only said amazing things. So I'd highly encourage everyone to, um, to click and, and catch um, that link and have a look. But Tanya, look, thank you very much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing. Um, I, I think you just had your third anniversary. Is that right? Our third birthday, yes, yes, it's very exciting. Yeah, so um, yes, we had all our um, the companies that we're involved with, and some of the students who've gone through the whole process have, were there as well. And yeah, it was it was a really fun evening. And I think you know we've over a thousand volunteers. I've mentioned now we've reached over fifteen thousand students in three years through our events and programs. Um, and the ambition is just to keep growing it more. You know, reach students across the whole country um so yes if you're interested do have a look at our website and get involved i mean all the events and everything is free so um please just do sign up and you can receive our newsletter if you sign up for that um and that will just basically tell you about everything that's coming up that you can get involved with okay cool well, look an amazing mission absolutely proud to be working with you on uh, on certain events and so forth and uh We'll speak again soon. Thanks very much, Tanya. Thank you. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.